Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dark Insight. This is episode 58, and it is Friday, the 12th of May, 2017. I am your host for this episode, Josh Crow, and I am joined today by my favourite Hobbit-loving friend over in New Zealand, Vader. How are you doing, sir? Good, thank you. If I start snoring, I apologise in advance. It's very early, and I'm very tired, and I stayed up late to play some games to talk about. Hmm. Yeah, so. Vader has once again put us all to shame by going above and beyond for the sake of the show. So, credit where it's due. <laughs> um, Thank you. Definitely. It's fun. Well, that's fine. That's all good. Um, and we have another special guest this week. It's a man who is probably actually kind of like the fifth member of the show now, when you come to think of it, considering how many times he's been on. It's We're Not Wizards' arch nemesis. It's Brian Wade, everybody. How are you, sir? Hello, Josh. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm much better now. I've actually got my phone sorted, and I can rejoin civilized internet talk. Yes, yeah, civilized <laughs> madness. There is such a thing. The thing is, it's just because uh, uh, the new section, as we'll get onto in a minute, was pretty empty on my part because I lost my phone at a gig last Friday. So I've actually been pretty disconnected this entire week, and the only news item I've put on here today is one that i happened to see this morning which was posted by cliff yesterday so you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got to be kind of nice to just like be a little disconnected from everything though i mean uh, maybe that's my like americentricism but mm. like it is so miserable waking up every day and looking at twitter and seeing the idiotic things my president has said yeah hold on you yeah. brought you brought it up i just want to point out how much metal gear solid the world is right now <laughs> uh, yeah like, it's very yeah. accurate yeah it's very true i mean that's why i've got so much love for mgs2 is because it is it's kind of come true to an extent mm-hmm. you know i mean who who would have ever thought that a series like metal gear solid could actually come true when you've got a fat guy on roller skates drinking wine with a straw <laughs> and you, you, <laughs> You know, and just stuff like that. And so the, to know that a Metal Gear game has kind of come to fruition just blows my tiny little mind. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It is. Um, yeah. Well, funny in a, in a, in a tragic way. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. But I mean, to, to get back to your point, it was kind of nice to have a slight disconnect from it. Just, I mean, I would sort of check the internet on my laptop in the morning before work and then when I came home from work. But other than that, I was pretty much disconnected. And that was more to sort of um, connect with the, the guys during the week and actually check my emails for information about my phone. So it was just kind of nice to just take a step back and not really have to engage with all that kind of dep- miserable stuff that's that's going on at the moment so it, it definitely did me some good but i was kind of glad to because i am one of those sad people where my phone does contain a vast majority of my life so as, yeah. as sad a fact as that sad. is I to admit just, i don't think that's necessarily sad that's just like how the world is these days yeah definitely i mean obviously it's a first world problem but you know it's it's a first world problem that is still a problem so it, yeah. it was kind of nice to just, you know, touch my pocket and feel that there was actually a phone in there, you know, <laughs> which to be fair, this time last week, there actually wasn't a phone in there. So it was kind of nice to just have that feeling again and just know that my immediate life that I take with me everywhere has returned and with it has returned the ability to connect with people who I respect. So I was definitely appreciative to get it back, but 
yeah, taking a sort of step back from the internet was it wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. To be fair, did you consider maybe like carving out a phone-sized block of wood and just putting that in your pocket <laughs> so that you would have like the weight of the phone without well, the actual phone? Well, I mean, what I was considering doing is, as a kid, I used to have. Um, just uh, tiny little boxes of sweets and then once I finished eating the sweets I'd actually glue a piece of paper to it and draw a screen and buttons on it and then sellotape a straw to the side of it and pretend it was a phone so I was actually considering (laughs) doing that again just for the sake of saying I have a phone Uh, even if it did have an aerial sticking out of it at least I could say I had a phone but my four-year-old does that with anything that has buttons like calculators everything she pretends as as a phone Mm. So, yeah, so you'd be in good company. Um, and we just got my son a phone. He's way too young to have one, but we're sick of picking him up from school. That sounds awful. I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> um, but he, we live like like a block away from school, and we, he insists on still being picked up, even though he's old enough to walk. And so mm. we're like, if we get you a phone, we had a spare phone lying around, will you walk home? And so, yeah, he we gave him a phone, and we call him at 3 o'clock when school finishes, and we talk to him as he walks home. Mm. Um, it's just to kind of get them used to it, mm. um, and so, but that's worked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm sure, um, despite how young he is, he's probably got friends who have phones, even though they're of a similar age. Just because kids do get phones at a younger age now, because it's just it's it's a, a thing that does stuff, you know, and it's and it's full of bright yeah. colours and it can fascinate a child for hours. So, you know, you just think that i mean i know that certainly when i was growing up and i saw that my friends have phones i always wanted one um so it wasn't actually until i hit was it 14 i think was when i got my first phone which was a lot later yeah that was a lot later than a lot of my friends actually got phones but um i didn't get my first cell phone until i was 18 god yeah 18 um that's crazy would you we're a few years older than you though aren't we josh uh, mm-hmm. it's the same it yeah. was, i was one of the first in my house high school and i i got it so i could get calls from my agents so i could go work on all the rings and stuff mm. um, Ooh, get and you. So I, was, I, I know i was like real fancy i'd just get up, i'd get a call during class and then i'd go just get up and walk out and go off do some work <laughs> god that is um, exclusivity at its finest isn't it <laughs> No, I'm not doing this class today. I have to go and be in Lord of the Rings. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, um, it was pretty cool. But yeah, I was one of the, the early adopters. Um, and I would have been year 17, mm. 16, 17. Um, yeah, the good old days with the old two-color screens, black and oh, green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. great green Nokia phones. Yep. 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 And they can um, hold a maximum of three text messages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going way back yeah it is going um, way back oh that's crazy yeah oh. well that's our little trip down memory lane yes uh, <laughs> yeah uh, we've got to cover, cover the weather so I don't get hit by the, by the plagues of the podcast gods um, <laughs> yes this is very important <laughs> it is very important <laughs> um, alright I'll start then it's it's stormy and windy but it's a normal stormy and windy not like the world is ending stormy and windy <laughs> it's just not, not a hurricane for me and Wendy. <laughs> nah, not yet. Um, the gods have been in, just, yeah, being lenient to you for once. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Yeah, that's well, me. I mean, it's been kind of similar over here this week. It's been a bit weird, despite the fact that it's actually sort of coming up in mid-May. You would never have guessed it, just because it's 
it's been cold this week it's been raining and normally around this time it should actually be starting to get real nice and sunny and and warm um but our country being the way that it is which i think is probably just more of a reflection of the country itself it's just decided to be really miserable this week so yeah it's it's nice to know that the weather can even fail to pick you up (laughs) yeah but uh that's us what's it been like for you brian well, I I actually just did some quick googling um, to uh, to to fit in with this this all uh, non American cast. Um, it is roughly it has been roughly twenty one degrees here like all day, and it's very nice. Yes, sun, the sun is out. <laughs> one of us, one of us <laughs> converted to the good I, system. I, the, the, you know, Google is nice. <laughs> it does the translations for me. Good. Um, I'm glad it's nice there. I was just thinking, imagine if like the weather was just a reflection of like the general masses' mood and like feelings. Mm. Yeah. And how bad that could get. <laughs> or good it could get. I, I think um, it would just always be bad. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, that, wouldn't, to cheer up. that wouldn't make that much sense because as a nation, New Zealand isn't half as bad as Britain or America, and yet you seem to get the worst weather, so. No, nah, generally it's quite good. It's just it's just been yeah the few hey dude we're not um, the ones who get earthquakes extremes. well i'm not apparently yeah that's true yeah i don't yeah, get wasn't, earthquakes. wasn't wellington just voted like best city in the world or something yes it was yeah. oh look at that look at that he's wearing it on his sleeve like a bloody badge look at that <laughs> i brought it up last week didn't i yeah i'm pretty sure you did i think that's why i knew <laughs> yeah um crazy yeah, good times yeah definitely right then well i guess we should get so, into the news and bringing up the news uh to be fair i think we're kind of heading in the pre-e3 lull so mm, yeah there yeah. wasn't actually much news you missed <laughs> and i actually had to ask someone for news yeah, i did see that question Allison. i was considering doing <laughs> yeah, the same thing great. myself <laughs> yeah i was considering doing the same thing and i noticed you had already done it so oh it's fine he's got my back on this one it's cool <laughs> yeah and then allison had our back and got uh, covered it for us <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Dark as well. Insight reporter on the streets. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, I did manage uh, to find one, and like I said, it was the one that Clifford posted. And I think it was also one that that Alison mentioned in yes, in the response. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's quite disappointing for me personally because this is because I love this game so much, and it, it seems that Square Enix has decided to pull out of doing business with IO Interactive. Um, which affects the Hitman series, and that is that's a huge shame. And it seems to be down to poor sales of Hitman last year, which is actually quite surprising because I thought that Hitman had was one of those sort of word of mouth promotion sales last year. I mean, so I was already interested anyway because despite what people said about the episodic format, I was all on board from the second they announced it because Hitman is one of my favourite series ever. And I, I'm even one of those people I stick up for Absolution to this very day. I think that game is incredible. And I don't care what anybody else says. So I enjoyed it. And I've put probably about seven, 70 hours of my time into that game. And I still haven't sort of done all the challenges and everything. So this for me was just, it was definitely what I wanted from a Hitman game. I bought it twice when it came out. I bought it for the big Agent 47 statue um, that came with the download code that opened up kind of like the season pass. And then I wanted a physical copy as well, just because I'm a materialistic guy. So I wanted a physical copy to go in the collection. So I actually ended up buying it twice. Um, 
And I, it just seems like a massive shame because I haven't really heard anybody say a bad word about it. So it's just, it's very disappointing to me because everybody seemed very positive after this sort of critical reception to um, how it turned out, considering all the controversy surrounding the episodic uh, format they had decided to take, which in my opinion actually benefited it in the long run because those the maps that they gave you even just the training level you can spend an entire day just in the training level and i can't think of any other game off the top of my head that has that level of detail in just a training level normally training levels are something you just blitz through because you want to get through the game but to have something so deep and so full of content in different opportunities just blew my mind um and it is very disappointing to know that there might not be, unless it gets picked up by somebody else, there might not be another Hitman game that comes out. And yeah, it's actually kind of a massive bummer for me. So I don't know how you yeah, guys feel about it. Wasn't there, um, I feel like I had heard sometime late last year or early this year uh, that they were planning on doing a season two for the Hitman mm. yeah. uh, game. Yeah, they were. And now I guess I imagine that must just be like on hold or cancelled at this point. Yeah, yeah, it must be, which is a real shame because I think the season two came from the amount of success that season one got because obviously you had all the maps that came out across the well the entire year basically. Then they did all mm-hmm. the elusive targets, which was which was a, a, a fantastic idea to have a target that you only have so much time to take out, and if you miss it, that's it. You, you are never going to get another opportunity to do it. And I think that is such a great way to make sure that people who are truly dedicated to the game get back in there time and time again um so it just shows that they were committed to actually giving you more things to do um and i feel like this is just it was definitely the step in the right direction that the series needed after absolution um that could have really taken them somewhere and i would have been so interested and definitely on board to see what season two would have brought but apparently that's most likely not going to happen unless they manage to strike a deal with another company but we'll have to wait and see how that one pans out i suppose yeah yeah and which hopefully they do hopefully they'll figure something out because while i am part of the problem and have not bought that game i have played it and it's super fun and i would like to play more of it Mm. yeah and it, it is a stellar game as well it's one of those games where it gives you so much opportunity and so much content to do but it's also got a charm in its sense of humor and it's got such a great little tongue-in-cheek sense of humor there's just kind of there's little things even some of the opportunities it gives you that you don't even have to do if you follow some of those through and you get the outcome at the end of it sometimes the outcome is just so hilarious to see and you're thinking that is just that's such clever writing how you've just you've managed to formulate a way to dictate how i could do this in a simple enough fashion to get such a great payoff and it was just it was always great to just kind of mess around with things like that and if it doesn't come back i'm going to really miss it because hitman is i mean i'm a big sort of stealth game nut anyway so it's and hitman's always been at the top i mean it's always been it's been metal gear splinter cell hitman for me so if it doesn't come back i'm going to be sorely disappointed but yeah, so that is a shame. I mean, I don't know what your opinion on on this is, Vader. I mean, did you play the latest Hitman? I don't know. 
don't think so. Well, no, it's, I'm also the problem. It mm. looked good, um, <laughs> but I fall into the trap where I need to find games that other people haven't played or yeah, or they're new, so to talk about on the podcast. So mm. when I miss something, it's hard to go back to. Mm. Um, but I wonder if it's one of those games that is well received and well loved, but in kind of the games media people, because you as you say, you hear lots of people praising it. But I mm. wonder if you know your average kind of gamer doesn't and just never got it and doesn't hasn't played it because it was kind of yeah slammed for a while about it being episodic because <laughs> the sales don't look too great. Like no. I'm looking at them, but. I think the physical and on PS4 it's uh, 0.36 million so 360,000 mm. on Xbox One it was like 140,000 yeah that's such a shame um, well, yeah because like I said that, that might be the physical because yeah. they seem to have issues tracking digital I don't know why yeah but I mean it was released <laughs> periodically throughout the year and then they didn't actually release the physical edition until the end of season one yeah, yeah, until so it bit. came to an end. So then they released a physical copy so that you could have all of that plus the two sort of extra um, level like missions that they did as well. So you could kind of have that collected on on one disc. But I mean, so like I said, this for me was the biggest sort of word of mouth promotion last year because everybody was so sceptical due to the episodic nature of it. But it, everybody I heard just was saying, look, no, seriously, I know that you're sceptical about it, but you just, you need to get on this because it is, it's definitely worth your time. Even if you just buy um, like the Paris level, you know, you've still got enough content in there to last you a good while before you've actually ticked everything off. So I wonder if that's the problem is that, that a lot of people just bought the first one. Yeah. And so, the initial sales were good, but the actual profit overall mm. dropped because people just had moved on by then. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely um, see that being the case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I know it's going to happen. Um, Namco is going to pick it up and is going to do a spiritual successor <laughs> called Whackman, <laughs> and it's going to be good for the first um, game and okay for the second and bad for the third. <laughs> no. Oh. All the Dark Souls is good. I'm just going to smoke. Prepare to hit. Oh, you yeah. can yeah, you can just imagine the, the promotional material for it. It'd just be like a video of Agent Forty Seven polishing his head and it says prepare to shine or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know we give Namco crap, but they actually brought us Dark Souls would have never happened if it wasn't for them. Um so yeah, credit where credit's due, but also we have to slam them when they deserve it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's next on the news. Yeah. What else is on the news? Um, we can see here, which is something I only discovered about two hours ago myself, is um, that <laughs> that Alan Wake is uh, is due to be removed from the Xbox Store and the uh, Steam Store as well. I don't. Yeah, it was it's something to do with a licensing issue, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's apparently a music license, um, which is usually what it ends up being. Um, which is, you know, like I get it. Like it's it's no, very no. frustrating. Music but... people need to go away. Music <laughs> people need to go away. <laughs> um, I, I mostly uh, I, I mostly put this in the news just as a uh, as a heads up to anybody that hasn't mm. already bought this game because it's very good and you should yes. buy it if you haven't yet. Yeah, you really should. It is very much worth your time. It's an incredible game. But the thing is, it, it's, yeah, it, it's spooky. So the thing is, in music licenses is it's been on the store for a long time so i'd be interested to know exactly what has changed 
behind the scenes for it to be withdrawn now because you think how long it's been up on the store it would have been a license for like 15 years or something and now it's expired um and the person's now asking for an extortionate amount of money to to keep it up even though it's like five seconds in the mm. yeah it's yeah but that's, it's, oh, um, that's what it would be I, I just did. I, I wanted to. Do, I did a Google to see if I could find out when Alan Wake came out, so I could we could maybe figure something out. Mm. Uh, looks like it came out in May of 2010, so it must have been a seven-year license. Mm. Right, okay. Uh, but uh, in that googling, I found out that uh, Alan Wake is going to be on sale on Steam for 90 percent off, uh, starting on the May <laughs> nice. 13th, which is tomorrow. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, buy buy that game. Buy that game for for like a dollar or something. Yeah, or two dollars, however much it ends if, up being. If you pay two dollars for that game, you you've got yourself an absolute steal. Absolutely, really have. I yeah. I got it for free, and it's awesome. Yeah, you, you got it free with that. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great game. price. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, it's fantastic. I got the the DLC as well. Maybe I should download that because I don't think I've used the access key for the DLC yet, just so mm. that doesn't get disappeared. Yeah, yeah. You should probably do that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than Alan Wake is a good game and definitely buy it if you don't have it yet. Yeah, it's a phenomenal game. It really is. I mean, I haven't played Quantum Break yet, but I've heard that Remedy kind of dropped the ball a bit on that one in terms of because they're they're known for their kind of their wacky metaverse storytelling, and Mm -hmm. I heard that kind of takes a real backseat in this which is kind of disappointing but at the same time I enjoyed Re- it. remedy are my favorite game developer so i'm willing to sort of i don't know cut them some slack on that one um i will get around to it eventually just like all the other 25 million games that i currently <laughs> own but i do own it so one day hopefully before i retire i can actually um i can actually get around to playing that but yeah so get on that before it gets removed because it's a fantastic game um speaking of um the PC games it was something to do with Vanquish getting a PC port. I didn't even know about this. I'm assuming this uh, is. Have you have you played Vanquish? I haven't, but I've heard so much good stuff, and I do need to get it at some point. Yes, Vanquish Vanquish is like one of the most stylish and coolest games I've ever played. Mm. Um, it was uh, it was directed by Shinji Mikami, which is uh, oh, you know always a good thing. He's, oh, yes. I don't think he's ever directed a bad game. Um, yeah, true. And there is a button in this game that is dedicated to you smoking a cigarette. Oh, which is I, hilarious. And as a man who's just taken up smoking again, that is exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> it's, you, you look real cool. You like flip up your cool robot uh, head face visor and you smoke a cigarette and then you flick it off and then you flip your, your visor back down. And it's awesome. <laughs> this game rules. Yeah, I've heard so much yeah, good stuff about it. Yeah. It was fun, but I got it with PlayStation Plus, so I probably wasn't invested. So I kind mm-hmm. of played it for a bit and then stopped. Mm. It's visually quite impressive. It's lots going on. It looks, but it always looks sharp and crisp and mm. uh, pretty. Yeah, yeah. And uh, supposedly this this PC port is going to be like really really nice looking. Uh, mm. I've, I'm looking at some screenshots of it, and it looks mm. it looks really great. Mm. And all those PC gamers can spend like all their time getting it looking perfect and not actually play it. Mm. I, I I will do that and also play it because <laughs> it's just that good. <laughs> But I mean, this is blatantly going to be riding off the coattails of the uh, Bayonetta PC yeah, release. Yeah, I think uh, it, like so. specifically, yeah. I think they kind of put Bayonetta out to see, like, hey, are you guys actually going to buy yeah. these games, or are you just saying just that you will? Just test the water, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And everybody bought Bayonetta, so then yeah. they're like, oh, cool, well, let's put yeah. out Vanquish then. Yeah, which is fine, because um, they I think they've... 
Um, so, I think they've also said that they're going to be going to be putting out more of their back catalog. Yep. Huh, so we'll pretty, see what comes next. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I do. Well, I think it's, it's go on. Sorry, I think it's good for the studio for Platinum um, mm. because yeah, they've been quite limited in their sales for various reasons, just selling mm. on the Wii U, things like that. And so mm. I think opening up to a wider audience is great for them as a studio, mm. and hopefully it gives them more budget and more income to do some other cool stuff. Mm. Yeah, can we just like use this <clears throat> podcast as a platform to beg Nintendo to let Platinum put uh, <laughs> Bayonetta two out on PC? Mm. Like, yeah. please, Nintendo? Yeah. Or at least put it on the Switch. <laughs> oh, yeah, or at least put it on the Switch. That would be fun, too. Yeah, so that is one I do feel bad for, for not being able to play, because, I mean, I don't anticipate ever buying a Wii U or a Switch. It's just it's not my cup of tea. So um, if I can at least get Vanquish, I will. that will kind of take the sting out of it, um, because I feel like Vanquish is the only one that kind of just about tips uh, Bayonetta off, off the pedestal. So it's just kind of like the the only just sort of one below the other one. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I do need to get on that at some point. Again, with everything else I currently own, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, always the issue. Like I have so many games. Yeah, that just haven't even started playing. Yeah, like I got the the Dark Souls board game, and it is just on my shelf. Like I haven't even started opening it up. <laughs> but at least you Send own it, it now, so. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks it looks good on my bookshelf. Mm. Definitely. Um, yeah, I wa- I wanted to get it, but I don't have a small child to sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Way too expensive. Like shipping was just as much as the game down here. So it's just oh like, my goodness. <laughs> oh, um, I'm beginning to wonder if fresh air is free for you now, or if you have to pay. Yeah. By this certain amount of breaths that you're supposed to, like, yeah, an allotted amount of breaths you can take per day. Hey, it wasn't my fault. It was the English Kickstart. Was it pounds? Was it in? Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and yeah it was just they were just charging a crazy amount for shipping. I mean, it is a big box, so they probably needed a whole shipping container for one. But yeah, it was. Um, I think the the, the shipping label on mine said that it was eight pounds. So that's a gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like three three point seven kilos or so. From, sure, I guess the guesstimate. Or from some from somebody who actually lives in the UK, that's probably the equivalent to one pint in the pub. <laughs> because given how much I had <laughs> to pints. yeah, given, well, given how much I had to pay last weekend, that's probably how much it's actually going to be soon. Oh, that's just London town. <laughs> it's expensive down there. It's expensive, it's but like, then yeah, it's just crazy. It's Paris. <laughs> Yeah, man. Seven years ago, I was in Paris. It was like five euros for like a a, a small bottle of orange juice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, expensive place. Crazy, but not but it was good orange juice though. Bloody should have been. Just, it was mostly fake. <laughs> it wasn't even real orange juice. <laughs> it was like constant re- reconstituted orange juice. Well, that's that's basically all you get in America. So I was close. Three point six two. Kilograms. My guesstimation was good. I'm good at converting. <laughs> I'm um, glad you are, because I'm not. <laughs> um, deal with all Americans have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the only other thing on the news is something I hadn't, didn't even see this either. Um, mass- that's, the, that's four for four you with you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, like I said, I've been virtually disconnected <laughs> this week, so... 
Yeah, so I mean, this is just pouring in now, and I didn't even have a clue about it. So, it's something to do with Mass Effect being on hold. I don't. Please fill me in because yeah. I am clueless. Well, basically, they're, not, they're saying they're not going to do one right away, but the big games, I'm not surprised. Um, I'm sure BioWare are working on something else. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just that, that I don't think it was as well received as they hoped. Well, they built it up for what three years, did they? Yeah, <laughs> they built yeah. up. Yeah, it, it was a kind of a bit of a, a no man's sky sort of scenario where it got built up and up and up, and to the extent where when it was finally released, it was just it was so disappointing to people. I mean, so personally, to me, I again I feel that people that they took it way too seriously because it's just it's a game. I appreciate, yeah, it's a game you spent money on, but I spent money on games that have been a bit broken like at launch and I just sat there and thought to myself do you know what I've got plenty of other things to play they're probably going to patch it at some point anyway so I'll just I'll put that on hold and I'll come back to it in a little while A when I've got the time and B when it's been patched and then there you go so but it doesn't surprise me um, I imagine Bioware are probably working on a new Dragon Age um, so yeah we'll just have to wait and see on that one but unfortunately yeah i'm actually uh in this article they're saying that uh bioware montreal is helping out with uh ea's uh new live service ip which i assume means it's like an mmo or something uh codenamed dylan and then uh bioware montreal employees are being transferred to work on Battlefront 2 and uh, working on Bioware's other games in Mass Effect Andromeda's multiplayer. So, yeah, I um, so that and then and then also in this article, <laughs> I just I, I noticed this this sentence and I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Eurogamer's Mass Effect Andromeda review called it quote probably Bioware's worst RPG yet, which is a uh, it's impressive because Bioware has a lot of bad RPGs. <laughs> Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I, I, <laughs> true. I'm excited for people who are into it, but like I've I enjoyed Mass Effect One, but since Dark Souls, I just I find it really hard to play these dialogue heavy games. <laughs> um, I just get bored talking to a random person who I can't remember as soon as I walk away from them. <laughs> so yeah. Dark Souls, I just well, I mean, I, I finished Mass Effect One and Two, and I think I got about two hours into Three, and then I probably picked up something else at that point because i remember at that point in my gaming life i would have had that uh yeah it was on the 360 and at that point i think i had about 136 360 games so i probably just put it down and picked up something um and (laughs) never got back to it um so i've i was kind of i was invested in it at the end of mass effect 2 because i really enjoyed mass effect 2 but three just didn't really click with me so since then i haven't really been that invested in it but i pick it up one day when it's dirt cheap um but go fucking figure this stupid cost tweet this joke bloodborne tweet is gonna end up being my most popular tweet (laughs) i saw that (laughs) constant notifications about it (laughs) (laughs) um i was just thinking someone needs to invent a cd a blu-ray stacker for consoles you know, like the old CD players and cars and stuff, you could get like a stacker where you put like 10 CDs in and then you could play <laughs> any one without having to change them. Hmm. How cool would it be for your console? Um, <laughs> was it was it the PSX that had the, the game switcher? Had like a six game drive uh, or something? 
I don't know. I, know, I never awesome. saw one of those. Let me see if How I can not take off. See if I can find it. But you think it's well, you think, that, if you think about it, we kind of have got that. It's just it's all digital and it's all on the hard drive. Digital, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have yeah, kind of got that. It's just less yeah, physical. Yeah, we do kind of have that. Yeah. They need a random function then on the digital. How cool would that be if you just put like, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to play. Because the amount of times I spend just thinking, what do I want to play? And yes. end up like half an hour later. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just have random. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but and it locks you in to play that for 20 minutes or something. But the thing is, I know exactly what I'm like, because I'll pick random and it'll pick a game. Oh, I'm not really feeling well, that. Really that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then the whole idea will just collapse before it's even had a chance to live. So, but. Yeah. Well, if it forced you to play that game for 20 minutes. Yeah. Maybe like if it wouldn't let you quit until you'd filled the 20-minute quota or something. Like, you yeah, have yeah. to play... You like your two options are you either turn the console off or you play this game for twenty minutes. What do you want to do? So yeah, I like it. Yeah, but then did you find anything about the PlayStation X? Uh, yeah, it's it was not that I thought that no. it was, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> no. But um, do, do you guys invention. know what the what the PSX was? Yeah, uh, like well, not, not 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 the PlayStation One. I was the say, PSX right. was a different thing. No. Well, I mean, it was um, just—I always knew the PlayStation One to be the PSX. It wasn't until yeah, it wasn't the, the PlayStation uh, One until the miniature version came stock, out. It's a stock exchange. No, yeah, here, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll post the link in the chat. Uh, it's a—it's uh, basically like a high-end PS2. Oh, right. That had, okay. um, that had oh. like a like digital video recording and other and other things oh, right. built into it. It was like a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> I'd never seen that before in my life. That looks incredible. Yeah, it was, it was only released in Japan, and I always wanted one. I always thought it was super mm. cool looking. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. Jeez. Like, look at that! Look Man. at that cool, like, uh, like slot slot loading drive on mm. it. Oh, it's nice. Oh, it's real nice. You could probably still get one somewhere if you actually. Um, yeah, I'm sure if I looked on eBay or something, yeah. I could probably find one. Yeah, if, if you know the right source. Oh, there you go. Look, he's already on it. <laughs> he's already <laughs> on it. PSX. This is great audio. Yeah, listening. This is great podcasting. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh. Free international shipping, uh, $357 New Zealand. So that's like $5 US. Oh, wonderful. That's, that's not bad. That's a well, pack. Yeah, here, here I'm finding one for $245 on, on eBay. There you go. So it's yeah, like, this, yeah that, that's, that's what I'm looking yeah. at with wooden floors. Yeah, so it's either that or... That's, that's uh, mildly tempting, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> same. Because <laughs> I've been seeing Chris Moser with all his PS2 games. I'm like, oh, I'd like to play. I miss some of these games. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It'd be kind of fun to hook up a new PS2. Mm. Well, I mean, I've got a, a region-free PS2, so that I can play basically anything on it. And that's that That will oh, probably do right. for me. Um, I mean, so that's just... I forgot regions started with the PS2. Stupid regions. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I mainly bought it so I could play the Shadow Tower games, but I've also got, like, uh, NTSCJ copies of uh, some of the Metal Gears as well. Well, I say some, all of them. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go through all those in Japanese at some point. So. But, uh, yeah, well, that was a nice little tangent to go down, anyway. And to think that yeah. will start with Mass Effect <laughs> as well. <laughs> it ended up in a better place. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, well, I guess we should move on to what we've been playing. So I will um, make a start this week, if you chaps don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with probably... Mm, 
So I've got I've got two games here that I have finished and one that I haven't. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the one that I have finished that I feel more negatively about, and we'll go from there. Um, so I have played to completion Outlast Two. Now I think um, Cliff talked about it last week. I think I haven't actually listened to the latest episode yet because I haven't been able to up until recently. Um, so yeah, so I picked it up day of release. I was all on board from... I played the first Outlast. Loved it. I thought it was absolutely incredible. As soon as this one was announced, just, yep, sign me up. Take my money now. I'm just... I'm done. Um, I think I played the demo. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like I said, picked this up day one. Got straight into it. I'm going to go... Just lay my cards on the table right now and say I think the story in this game is... Dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it really is um, I this is a problem that I think is it's becoming quite tiresome now it's because this is the kind of game where it is very much um, sort of tailored to people playing it on YouTube which is fine I get that kind of market and everything you know there's there is room for that kind of thing I guess if that's what you're into but I found that this kind of game now has actually it's beginning to lose its appeal because it means that the stories in particular this one kind of take a back seat um simply because it's not the story that's going to get the the people watching the videos and i i truly believe that if they would have actually brought the focus in on this game in terms of the story it could have been really interesting because they had the setting and they had the characters completely nailed um, and I was really enjoying just the environments I was in and the tension that was coming with it. And I was on the edge of my seat um, when sort of things really started to kick off. And every time that like, you pick up one of the notes that you find in the world and you get to reading it and he mentions all these characters, but most of the characters that you read about, it doesn't really seem to want to flesh out for some reason. And it's just it's such a shame because I feel like you could have had because of the the religious tonality of it you could have had such an actual an interesting story to do with the two factions I suppose you could call them the two factions of of the religious side of it but it doesn't really want to actually take that ball and run with it it just kind of it it completely <laughs> drops it because it just it focuses too much on the first person sort of gore factor and then it will put you in a scenario with a character that you can see in front of you and you think this character seems really interesting but then you don't really see or hear from them again except for in like you're trying to just escape from them and so you're trying your best to actually avoid them um and i feel that it's just such a wasted opportunity because the notes that they they give you in the game are interesting to read and do give you the kind of the flavor text that I was hoping for, but it doesn't play into the narrative as much as I would like. And that's such a shame because the gameplay, the moment to moment gameplay was, had me completely hooked. I was absolutely loving it, especially some of the environments that you find yourself in. It just speaks to me on so many levels. And it just, it made me feel like I was really there and I wanted to know who these people were and what their motivations were and why they were actually so, and they were as messed up as they are um, and why they were trying to hunt you down and, 
I mean, I, was, I don't want to necessarily go into spoilers because be, people haven't played it, but just the, the situation you're in, it doesn't really do a good enough job of fleshing it out. It just seems to be based solely on, we know you like tense situations, so here's a game just full of them with a kind of a half-assed story um, and characters who you're going to meet a couple of times be put in I don't know real compromising scenarios with really grotesque things happening in front of you and just enjoy that and that could be really good but I also want the story because it just this kind of game just I don't know the horror games recently have just they've kind of let the side down and I was really hoping that this one would kind of help pick things back up because after playing the demo I felt like they really had potential. They really had something that they could just help blossom and actually make into a proper story. And then to actually go through it and realise that the story is just... its In some points it's half-assed, in some points it's far too confusing. There are There's certain things that happen in the game that really reminded me of Lost in terms of just how convoluted it got. And it seemed complicated for no particular reason it just seemed to sort of flash between two locations but not really give you too much justification for being in either one if that makes sense it's it's kind of weird to describe it but it just i feel like they had the environments there they had the um some characters but they just didn't flesh out the characters to the extent where i was engaged with it i was more just engaged with the moment to moment gameplay which is fine you know i mean that's partially while i was playing it but i really wanted because i'm all about this kind of so i'm not a religious man or anything but when it comes to like the whole uh stereotypical satanist thing i really buy into that and i know it's a cliche and i know that it's it's so stereotypical and it's completely ridiculous and it looks stupid and i don't care i just it really speaks to me because it just looks cool um you know i'm all about the devil horns and all that sort of stuff and yeah it's stupid but it just i don't know it just amuses me so i was, i really felt like this game would actually give me that and it just kind of didn't and i was really disappointed with it um i mean that's i am being quite harsh in it i did enjoy it but when i did finish it i just kind of put the pad down and thought oh is that it in terms of story i was expecting a bit more than that i mean so it was fun and i enjoyed it as a game but in terms of a story it was just it was very very weak and I just I feel like it's such a loss of potential because it it really felt like it was going to be my kind of game because I'm all about the you know the gore and the in your face like grotesque stuff and I love all that sort of stuff it doesn't scare me at all I'm cheering it on thinking yes bring it on you know it's, uh, it, all that sort of stuff just really appeals to me so I, yeah, was, I don't like that stuff no that stuff but it sounds like there's just game developers should not do sequels anymore <laughs> yeah uh, but I mean the, the, I'm glad that this game was was made I mean it looks spectacular in terms of just the actual environments is just one part when so I was trying to spoil it but I was on a raft and I was, I was trying to escape and I just I happened to look to the right and to just see like all these these mountains with these trees on there and you see the moon in the sky 
um, and like there's a cloud passing over it, and it just it looked incredible. It really sold to me that I was in that situation. So from that point, it was fantastic, but it was just yeah, the visuals aren't everything are they no they're, they're really not and you know we yeah. you know we bang on so much about visuals nowadays because you know it's all got to be about oh can it you know still look good and have great textures but run at 60 frames a second and all that and i get it i get that there's a place for that kind of conversation but i don't just play games because they look nice i play games because i believe that they have the ability to tell us really good stories and i've played plenty of games from all different kinds of genres and different styles that have given me fantastic stories that have really resonated with me and i wasn't expecting to be emotionally overwhelmed with this at all in terms of the story but it just kind of the best way i can sum it up and the shortest way i can sum it up is the story was just it just felt like a wet fart and that was it (laughs) Gross. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to point out that you used the saying, um, pick up the ball and run with it. Yeah. And they, they dropped the ball on this one. Yeah. <laughs> and how I giggled to myself because from what I've heard about this game is that it's all, all of the games trying to do is take your balls. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> so yeah. I had a little giggle to myself when you said that. No, no um, that's very true. Also, yeah. Um, that, that that also with uh, Chris Mosier and the Chom Chain Boys um, playing this game, they keep talking. He Chris to stop himself from being scared reads the notes in a really thick Boston accent, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's all I can think about about this game now is a silly Chris voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. That- is this kind of your, your kind of game, Brian? What's that? Is this is this your kind of game? Uh, not particularly. I'm. I've. I always end up liking horror games more in theory than in practice. Mm. Um. I'm. I'm not very good at playing them because I get a little stressed out by them. Mm. Yeah. So I end up. <clears throat> I end up like the. I think the scariest game that I play with any amount of regularity is like a is like a Souls game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's because the... I learn them really well, and then they don't scare me yeah, anymore. Yeah. True. Yeah. Fair enough. True. Um, so I'm more in the prefer the suspense horror, like like the Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if yeah, I'm going to sure. play a scary game, I prefer that setting. I, I can't stand the gore horror, mm. um, and that's why I ended up not getting Resident Evil Seven mm. is because it was down moving down this kind of path, the yeah. slasher kind of horror. Yeah, yeah. The 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 exploitation or mm. whatever. Yeah. You call it. Yes. I mean, if you want suspense horror, Alien Isolation is more your kind of your ticket because it is the suspense of not knowing where the alien is because i mean the ai mm, on that mm. thing is just it's f- phenomenal Mental. and the, the, yeah, <laughs> that game stressed me out too yeah i mean the, the first time i played it, it was on nightmare mode and it was just like really oh it got under my skin so much and the, <laughs> on nightmare mode there is literally nowhere you can hide in that game that alien is killing you time and time again but it's always the suspense of did i just hear something did I just see something at the corner of my eye? And especially if you've got the... Um, I mean, I don't have one personally, but if you do have the PlayStation camera, you can turn on in the settings so that it actually... Um, it can see you. And so if you're hiding in a locker, you have to physically remain perfectly still. Otherwise, the alien will see you. And similarly, if you make too much noise in real life, that will attract the alien to you. So that's <laughs> that's just... That's an extra Man. little thing that I think is awesome, but... 
ain't going to work with me if I play around with the kids. They're constantly yeah. making noise. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I was just thinking. <laughs> Shh, daddy's going to get me. <laughs> yeah. Kids, you have to be quiet. Daddy's going to get killed by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so for suspense horror, that's, that's definitely really cool. Yeah, yeah, this. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, sorry, go on. I think I think I might pick it up because I've been looking at it. It's dirt cheap at the moment. It's mm. like yeah, it's on sale on PSN now. I think so. Yeah, and so I'm thinking it might be worth getting now it's, if the, the, with those features. Yeah. I like those yeah. kind of. One thing I will say, it's features. a long old game, mind. It's it's really long. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean the story, even on easy, it will take you a good. I guess around 18 to 20 hours it's a long story um, you see a game like that is too long it it does that is one of the only criticisms I have against it is it does get a bit long in the tooth towards the end but I can kind of forgive it because I enjoy being in that universe so much you know because it's, you know, it's alien it's it's incredible so I can totally forgive it for that I mean I think it was 2015 it came out and it was my game of the year for that year mm. Um, mm. I absolutely love that game to pieces. Um, so yeah, it's, especially as it's on sale, it's it's well worth the time, I'd say. But just maybe nice. play it on easy, and what of advice? Crouch constantly, <laughs> <laughs> and don't don't use that PlayStation camera feature, or else your kids will um, get killed by aliens. Yeah, <laughs> good. That'll be half the fun. <laughs> um, um, all right, Bway, what, what have you been playing? Yeah. Um, so the, the, actually the reason I wanted to come on this podcast was to talk about Flint Hook because I feel like not enough people are talking about that game and I, I really want more people to play it. Mm. Uh, have oh. either of you guys heard of this game? I have heard of it. Yes. Uh, it sounds familiar, but no idea. It is a, it is a, uh, ghost pirate roguelike. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's, an, it's so, uh, I think the f- very first time I was ever on this podcast, I talked about Spelunky, mm-hmm. uh, yes. being like one of my favorite games of all time. And this is definitely like in that vein like it is an it is an action platformer roguelike um and it is the first uh first in that style since spelunky to give me the kind of feelings that this game gives oh, me cool hmm. uh it is super fun it is super well designed and like just just moving around in this world like that's the thing with spelunky that like i think is really underrated is like the movement in that game is like so fluid and nice hmm. it's pretty tight um, yeah and it's like it's and, and for a platformer like that is like I guess that's maybe the, just something that I've always been like really uh, like really sensitive to is like if a platformer doesn't have good mo- movement like it I just I can't play it. Mm. Um, yeah. And so like uh, in Flint Hook you have a, uh, a grappling hook and you can uh, th- so every single room has like all these grapple points uh, scattered around it and so you just have this like super fluid like movement where you're like when you get to a competent level of that game, like you are just like flying around the rooms. Mm, yeah. Uh, going from like, like uh, grapple point to grapple point, uh, dodging obstacles. And like, and every room is, is like, is like a little puzzle. Like either it's like, uh, you have to make your way through, uh, through like a little maze or just avoid, uh, like, so like the, in the, uh, the area that I'm in right now that I've been stuck on for a while, um, almost every room just has spikes on all of the floors. Right. And so, so I just, I just have, have to, to not, not stand on, stand on the floor ever. It's kind of <laughs> annoying, <laughs> but it's super fun and good. And like, uh, the persistence is really nice. Like I, I actually, um, I didn't, I ended up not liking rogue legacy that much. I don't know if you guys have played that game. <clears throat> I've not um, yeah, played it, but yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think it's fine, but like I felt like the persistence in that game was like like not actually that interesting, and I feel like the persistence in Flint Hook is way more interesting because uh, you get uh, rather than just unlocking like permanent upgrades to your character, you basically get like side grades to your. Uh, like you get like perks that you can unlock and you do get permanent upgrades as well, but there are small things like you get plus 10 health or whatever. Um, but then you get like these, these, uh, these perks that you can unlock. So like things like making it. So when you shoot your gun, like the bullets bounce off the walls hmm. or, uh, making it. So, uh, you, so you also have the, this, you have this time belt as one of your, one of your equipment, hmm. uh, items where you, you basically just slow down time hmm. at basically at any time you want. Uh, and so you can, one of the perks that you can unlock is, uh, your grappling hook is unaffected by the time belt. Mm-hmm. And so you can just shoot your grappling hook at full speed while you're, while you're slowing down time. All right. Yeah, cool. And that is That's like cool. a super cool, like, mm. and like not super overpowered, mm, yeah. uh, way to persistently upgrade your character. So you are getting upgrades every time you run through. Yes. Is it procedurally generated? Should yes, the levels is. change? Mm. Um, okay. it, it feels like it's, it's procedurally generated, but not like totally procedurally. Gener- it's like, it's like the, it's the kind of procedurally generated where it's just like picking from a subset right? Yeah. of yep, yep. rooms or whatever, because like, I've definitely like, I've definitely like recognized rooms going through a second time. Hmm. Yeah. And so there is progression. So you're getting through new worlds when you... Yeah, so uh, when you when you start the game off, you basically like you're this like ghost pirate, and um, you get a bounty to hunt down another pirate, uh, and so you that bounty is basically like your mission or whatever, and so that's like the the map the the the, the uh, tile set that you go through for the first one is you hunt down this uh, this pirate, and so you have to like you have to go through like a certain number of levels to unlock the ability to fight the the pirate lord or whatever that you have that you're hunting, hmm. and so you um so you go through those levels and then you hunt the pirate lord and then when you beat him then you unlock the next bounty like mm. you get another bounty for another pirate lord mm. and i'm not sure i i'm not sure they they gave any real justification for why exactly you're doing this but i don't think it matters that much because it's just so stylish and fun that and it looks so nice that i just don't care about the like whatever little lore there is mm. and there is like there is like a lore section do up uh, what reason do you need? You're a ghost pirate bounty hunter. Yeah, exactly. Reason just, enough. You reason look, enough. You look awesome yeah. and adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I I absolutely love this game, and I, I like the the reason I wanted to talk about it is because like I feel like like I said like I feel like it just like hasn't gotten as much maybe recognition as it should have. Mm. And because like even in the uh, like I don't know you guys aren't necessarily like the biggest like roguelike fans or whatever and but like I follow a lot of roguelike people on Twitter and like am like pretty pretty like heads up in that community yeah and I barely see any conversation about it hmm. yeah yeah interesting um, I wish I'd yeah, seen it could be could be fun to play it'd be a nice one on the Switch to be fair yes I agree uh, I I actually just retweeted a tweet from someone about Spelunky being on the Switch. Hmm. Uh, that I, I need that to happen at some point. Yeah. It's killing me that I have a console that doesn't have Spelunky on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I liked Spelunky, and I really enjoyed it for a while, but it's um, I tend to burn out eventually on these roguelikes. Whereas yeah, this one can, seems like it's more... That. It seems a bit more cons- like you actually are progressing. Because mm-hmm. that was my issue with Rogue Legacy, is that there was a progression, but it was so pathetic. Mm. Like, yeah, it's very then, uninteresting. Then yeah, and you get a bad roll on the dice um, with your 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 descendants, and you oh just, yeah, your traits. Yeah, mm. and you just completely 
um, useless that run and so it's pretty much you might as well just go jump off the next the closest <laughs> cliff and die and then start again um uh yeah so no that, that looks very interesting i like the, i like the color palette and the style yeah it, it's like it's uh it also it's like i, I don't want to be the the pc guy here but it like it runs at a locked 60 and it looks beautiful in motion mm. Like it is so nice to just like move around that world and just like everything is super fluid and all the animations are really great. Like all Control the uh, all, all the enemies and characters and stuff have so much character to them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of on the screen is I'm looking at there's one, two, four different types of enemies on one screen. Mm-hmm. Um in that screenshot. So you play with a controller or a mouse mouse and keyboard for I play with a controller PC. Hmm. Okay. Um, I believe it's. I believe it's out on PS4 as well. Oh, I play, I'm playing. I'm yes, playing on PC. Yeah, I was about to but ask yeah. if it's out yes. on PS4. Yeah. 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 So, first thing I, I saw highly recommended. Everyone mm. should. Everyone should check that game out. Yeah. So I think um, Stephen Fahey's been playing this as well, hasn't he? I think he put up a video of a room that he cleared in it the other day. Yeah. I think, I think cool. uh, he 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 was one of the few people that responded to me when I was tweeting about why Flint Hook isn't getting enough response or mm. enough respect. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I heard of it. So. And that's, well, it's almost the only time I've heard of it, actually, come to think of it. So, yeah, yeah so you're absolutely right. It, it's not getting the recognition that it apparently deserves. I mean, I haven't played it myself. Yeah, I think, but, I think it very much deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't played it myself, but I might well pick it up at some point because that does sound pretty fun. It's got good reviews. So 9 out of 10 on Steam, 79 on PC Gamer, and 4.6 out of 5 at Microsoft. Yeah, that it's all good. seems, yeah, that all seems pretty fair. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Dark sight, dark insight approval. Yeah, yes, yeah. strong, strong, strong it's got approval. Stamp of approval. There you go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, Vader, what have you been playing this week? Um, well, we'll talk about Dark Siders two. I was struggling to come up with a game to play, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I needed something. And I had this random thought. I was like, I've never actually played Dark Siders two, and I'm sure it's on being redone for PS4. So mm-hmm. I'll see if that's cheap. Um, and funny story is, yeah, the re they've done like the pack for both games mm-hmm. has just been released. Yep. So I was just thinking about it during work, and then I came home, and it was both had been released on the PS4. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, and I think uh, the, uh, the they've just announced the third one as well. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot to put that in the news. That, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I was thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you played so the, uh, the Death Initiative edition. Yeah, I can't say that word. That's so cool. I hate it so much. I it's love that worst. word. I love that word so much. It, yeah. I tried saying my, say it to my wife because I went and explained what I'm about to explain now to my wife. So I checked it. I was like, it's $35 for both of them. And it's pretty good. Like, it's mm-hmm. they're older mm-hmm. games, but they're remastered. Yeah. Uh, it's the full it's the full games, like everything in it. So I was like, well, if that's 35 <laughs> I've played the first one. Why don't I just go see what the second one costs <laughs> and just see if that's I can get that for like $20 or something. Mm-hmm. Nope, it was fifty-five. <laughs> 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 Jeez, uh, and it gets worse. And I was like, "Well, let's see if they've got a cheap, like a, a like a, a cheap physical copy at the local GameStop." That was eighty dollars. Nope. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought two games for thirty-five dollars. Uh, was the cheapest Instead way to do Instead of one it. for either fifty-five or eighty, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that is crazy. That is ridiculous. Just the market is just reti- really retarded. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I picked that up. Um, I enjoyed the first one way back when. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. It's. I don't know if you guys have played it. It's like yeah, it's Zelda, Zelda, but game. with mm. Zelda with um, Warhammer Forty Thousand skin over the top. Mm. Well, 
Maybe, maybe chaos, World of Warcraft is a little closer to that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, World of Warcraft. Mm. Big, but, big yeah, shoulder pads. The, the, yeah. yeah the, Lords of the Fallen. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to go. I don't want to abuse it. <laughs> I don't want to discredit it because it's, it's not the best game around, but I enjoyed the first one. Uh, it was... It was a lot of fun, um, and yeah, this is it seems to be going to be much, much the same. Uh, only I've spent, as I say, I stay up late to get a few more hours in because it took forever to download from the PSN. Yeah, that's just um, PlayStation. That. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I played a couple of hours. Uh, it's it's not set on Earth, but you're trying. I like that it's a direct sequel. Um, for those who don't know, spoiler for the first one, you play as War, one of the the horsemen of the apocalypse mm-hmm. uh and you pretty much get blamed basically the apocalypse starts when the horsemen ride and as war with one of the horsemen you ride to earth uh which starts yeah, the apocalypse the first one takes place on in like post-apocalyptic new york right or apocalyptic new york i guess yeah yeah and there's um yeah and you go in with, i think from memory it's been a long time you go in, like through like the demon realms and stuff a mm-hmm. little bit as well but yeah you're in you're in earth city and there's actually like possessed humans running around and stuff and um then all yeah but basically you're actually uh framed as war like something someone i can't remember who but someone else actually instigated and the the trigger for you to ride to to start the apocalypse and so you're you're trying to redeem yourself and prove that it wasn't you who actually instigated the destruction of earth. Mm-hmm. And now is in the sequel, you're playing as death, the, mm-hmm. his the brother of, of war. Mm. And you're trying to actually, you've basically, you can't, um, prove his innocence because war's now in front of the council. It's, uh, what are they called? Chaos something. It's like the creation, the, the people that are like a be up, be up, like, deity above the the, the horsemen um, who kind of control the balance of the universe. I don't know. But anyway, the, the, he's being judged by them and he, he can't prove his innocence. So instead you're trying to pay for his freedom. Um, and that's basically how the game starts. So it's a direct sequel. It continues on. Basically you're, you're angry because your brother's been framed and you're now you're trying to, to free him by finding a way to re- resurrect or bring back humanity because humanity has been wiped out because of the apocalypse that was wrongly instigated. Hmm. Um, and so now we get to go off to other worlds and we're, we're, tra- we're actually hunting the, the tree of life, which is interesting because I've thought for a long time that the tree of life um, in the Bible has never really been the focus of many games or movies. Yeah, mm. but it seems like it seems like a really Indiana Jones type thing that they should have done, but haven't. Mm. Is, isn't there isn't there literally a movie called The Tree of Life? Probably, probably, yeah. No, no, I can think of. <laughs> you agreed with me just a second ago, <laughs> but then you you proved me wrong. What is this? Uh, um, I don't know. So like, it just so it's kind of cool. Um, and so we end up going off and looking for like the secret keeper, who's this other deity who holds secrets who to find a way to resurrect or bring back mankind uh, and he refuses to actually help you um and then you end up getting forced into this world where the tree of life exists and it's kind of it seems more because the apocalypse the right horseman is very as uh, as biblical whereas we've moved yeah. more into kind of it feels very norse because like you meet these these creators, these people, these beings who are very dwarf looking, 
hmm. but are actually 12 foot tall. <laughs> okay. Um, so they look like giant dwarfs because um, they're very stout and stocky and have big awesome beards and kind of those armor with runes carved all in them. So very Norse-ish looking um, as well. But the yeah, they're huge, like the giants. Um yeah, but it's really cool. I really like the, the actual the art style. Um, except for I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the, the sharp lines and the the big shoulder pads mm. look. Like that's not my style. But mm. the actual world and setting is really nice. Um, I actually like the like the, the look of it, and the color palette's really cool. Um, and yeah, basically you meet these creator beings who basically sit on this world and forge worlds and and people and things. And it's been taken over by corruption. Which is the name, hmm. and also the event. I don't know. It's, uh, and yeah, so basically, you, you're trying to now have to. You have to help them. You're forced to help them because they're they've been pretty much they're dying. Their civilization is dying, and they're the ones who created everything. So that's bad news. Hmm. Uh, and to be able to get through to the life tree, and that's all I really know so far. That's my end goal. That's my goal. Um, it's hack and slash action game. It's fun. It seems to be they've added a bit more. You, you can. Uh, I'm pretty sure on the first one you got set like God of War. You had set weapons, whereas this you can actually. It has more of a Diablo loot system. Oh, right. Yeah, Diablo yeah. light loot system. Mm. But yeah, I, I enjoyed what I've played so far. I um, hope I can stick at it, but my sticking power is really bad with games at the moment, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, have you guys played it? Have you guys played either of them? Uh, I played the first one way back when it first came out. It was actually um, <clears throat> one of uh, one of those games that I would just ran, that I just randomly picked up uh, based on the cover art mm. uh, at like three in the morning at the store. Like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sim- similarly, I I told this story a long time ago mm. on uh, Don't Give Up Skeleton, mm. but that's how I picked up Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah. Was I totally. was at the store at three in the morning, and Demon Souls had a cool cover, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to buy that's this cool, cool RPG." Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a good way to buy games. I find sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I was maybe quite similar with Dark Siders. Uh, yeah. Mm. I I enjoyed it, and it's it's as I say, it's not the best game around. It's not perfect, but it it it's got your Zelda like uh, dungeons and puzzles, which are quite simple. I enjoy how in this one how quick the movement is. Like there's you you can climb walls like Kratos can mm-hmm. that have the weird kind of pattern on it, like Kratos can in God of War. But it it moves really quick. Like the dude's not mucking around. Like he's got mm-hmm. a, he's you know he's got business to deal with and he's going to get there as quick as he can which i kind of <laughs> like and also like the horse i think we've talked about horses before in games and often they are bad and the summoning of them is bad the getting on them is bad this one i haven't had enough play with it to see if it's bad like clipping through things or running into obstacles that can't get over but you just push l1 and r1 and you're on the horse you push l1 and r1 and you're off the horse there's no mucking around no funny animations just it's, it happens it's some you summon this demon horse and you're off and i like that that, that sounds pretty nice actually <laughs> and it doesn't get Ease stuck in a tree <laughs> um, no, no, i also no. <laughs> also just did some did some light googling about this game and apparently his horse's name is despair which is yes. pretty dope death and despair <laughs> nice yeah Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Like it, it, it wears its inspiration on its sleeve. Like it's not, it's being quite literal with it. Um, but what's cool is, um, yeah, I've I've unlocked 
is it pestilence? One of the one of the horsemen's gun. Like you've you've you managed to get his gun, and it's it's got to this place. You don't know how, um, and but you've got it, um, which is cool. So now I have a gun, <laughs> uh, uh, which is yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do with Darksiders three, and hopefully there's because uh, the the game is slightly dated. Like it does feel like a PS3 game, hmm. like it, which is fine because it is. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they kind of enhance and uh, modernize the gameplay with Darksiders three, or if they're going to stick with the same formula. Hmm. Yeah, and but if it works, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, uh, I, I remember when it came out. I think it was one of the last ones to come out before THQ. Uh, kind of went down the pan um, and I think this game kind of because it got poor sales seemed to sort of cement that they were losing business and had to um, disband until because it's now it's THQ Nordic I think so they've kind of teamed up um, and still making games I, I did I remember picking this up in a flash sale on PS3 years ago it was like a complete edition that came with the soundtrack and everything and I played it for probably about an hour and then never touched it again but the, the two things I can remember from my first impression of it is he's got a cool mask he's also got a very 90s haircut um, <laughs> so oh, he looks like Sting yeah he does Sting like the wrestler yeah yeah, he does. He, look, he, he looks badass, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. I, and he doesn't have big shoulder pads, so they have moved away from the big shoulder pads. Hmm. Um, that was War. Yeah, I think I think just uh, War is the big shoulder pads guy because like uh, the character for Darksiders Three coming out is uh, Fury, hmm. and she's like a she's apparently like a mage with a whip. All right, yeah, mm. cool. Which looks yeah, pretty cool. And... Hmm. What was interesting is they actually show... I can't remember if they did in Darksiders 1, but they actually show the the other horsemen and woman. Mm. Um, yeah. It, 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 quite early on in this game. And, yeah, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with that if they kind of follow that same silhouette. And, yeah, one was definitely female. Yeah, I dropped uh, I dropped an image in the chat of, uh, of Fury. Looking pretty cool with her whip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. I haven't actually, yeah, I'm actually seen cool. any gameplay. Oh, that does look nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does look cool. It looks cool. really good. <laughs> yeah, because as I say, the, visually it looks quite nice, this game. Um, definitely a step up from Darksiders 1. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's... Um, yeah, and it's, it's got a cool kind of... The scenery looks kind of painted, that kind of nice painted look. Uh, whereas this look, the Darksiders 3 looks a lot more detailed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it looks really nice from what I'm seeing here. Mm. I like I like her red here. It looks cool. Yeah, matches her whip. It'd be interesting because <laughs> I mean, the, there's never really been a huge sort of clamor for a Dark Souls three, so it's interesting to know that they're bringing back a sort of a not very successful property because it's quite a risk to take. But we'll see if it pays off for them in the long run. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Cracking. Um, well, I will um, move on to my next one because I have also played uh, Little Nightmares, which I think is also probably one that Cliff spoke about last week. Again, I haven't listened yes, to it. Is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I haven't listened to that episode yet. I'm, full confession. So I haven't listened to it yet myself. So that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I wanted to speak about this one second because i'm so much more positive on this one i actually did play it 
prior to playing Outlast 2 just because I heard that it was shorter and you could do it in a few hours so I thought I'll get Little Nightmares done and I can just sort of spend more time on Outlast 2 because it's longer um, I had my eye on Little Nightmares ever since it was announced I think it was was it E3 last year it got announced I can't quite remember no idea. but I think that's when I first saw it and I kept my eyes on it since then just because of the art style of it grabbed me instantaneously and just it really spoke to me and i really liked the the imagery that it was showing you and it was kind of it was a bit it kept it very vague and kept the intrigue just to keep you thinking um and so i watched a few sort of videos on it as it came and sort of made its rounds again and eventually picked it up again day one um and just sort of hit into it at the weekend of release and it's kind of it's too early in the year to kind of obviously start having these conversations but i'm i'm going to progress through the year now saying the little nightmare so far is my game of this year because I absolutely adored this game from start to finish the art style was everything I expected it to be and everything I wanted it to be. It's interesting to know how Outlast 2 gives you characters that talk and gives you notes in the world but completely fails to tell a compelling story. But Little Nightmares has no notes, no dialogue at all and had a more intriguing, a more thought-provoking story than Outlast because it just... It had characters in it that I just... Although I'd seen videos of them, to see them actually working properly via their animations in the game was just really interesting to watch. I didn't find them creepy. I just found them interesting to watch, just to watch their mannerisms and watch the just how they kind of acted and how they seemed to interact with the world and their actual character models were fascinating to the lookout so you just i was able to kind of duck into a couple of hiding spots so i could just get a decent enough view of them so i could just sort of study them for a couple of minutes and i would have never got that with outlast at all just because it's it's too busy trying to actually just push the, the tension on top of you but as this is although it's a chilling game and although it is it does have tense moments when you're you are running away from an enemy it has a lot of downtime and it has a lot of things that actually just make you think and make you wonder and make you try and piece things together yourself rather than just giving you lots of violence and just sort of not really filling it in with anything. So the I don't it's one of those games it's kinda of like inside where it's got a very intriguing story, but I don't necessarily understand what the story is trying to tell me or what exactly the main or who exactly the main character is but that's fine because i kind of like a game that stays with me for a while and doesn't just explain every single story beat i kind of like it when games uh i don't know it's they choose not to give you every single detail it's basically just this is the situation what is your interpretation of it and I, i'm a big big fan of that i think that too many games nowadays just plaster it all over the walls and just say right this yeah. is what's going on and whatnot don't get me wrong there's a place for that that's cool and i'm happy to play many games that are in that particular style but 
considering that this is is such a smaller game and you know it's an indie game and everything it's, i find that indie games are, are better for this kind of stuff um this is more sometimes yeah exactly definitely that is that's yeah. the perfect way to describe it less is definitely more because it just well yeah sorry yeah um Kamiko, I've mm. mentioned it three times now, mm. three weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a cheap little game, pixel game, but there's dialogue at the bit at beginning, which is barely translated, but it's fine. <laughs> and there's dialogue at the end. And it tells, it has a little message and a story that it's, yeah, but that's all you need mm. sometimes. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I agree with that concept, but I don't know. I find it hard to enjoy games with such a morbid. Mm. Um, <laughs> Uh, kind of sitting hmm. um, you know I, I don't know. Um, despite having heard about this game for a few weeks now I am just now looking at it for the first time this game is beautiful looking hmm. it really it looks is good. yeah when, like, what an art like this art style was inspired yeah it is incredible it really taps into the kind of um, early-ish Tim Burton style before he be- got yeah for sure yeah before he became yeah, so pretentious thinking. but because <laughs> he's most definitely pretentious now but yeah, yeah it really taps into that and i really buy into that kind of art style it just it's got some funny camera angles as well that um offer different and interesting perspectives of stuff um and it's got a very simple control system where the, there's puzzles in it but it's just it's mainly just sort of simple little logic puzzles and it doesn't require too much of the player and i don't really think there was any puzzles i got stuck on there was only one bit in the game i got stuck on and i knew exactly what i had to do it was just a case of doing it um and i just kept messing it up so and then funny enough it was just all it was just a jump that i was messing up i was just jumping at the wrong time so that was completely my fault and no fault of the games but there's one bit towards the end of the game well i mean it's pretty much right at the end um just before i suppose you call it the final encounter i won't go into details for spoiler reasons but you see a load of um should we say obese characters and you are essentially trying to escape from these characters but you have to sorry go on they're going to eat you that's yeah. why that's what i have a hard time with <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just that's just it when you're trying to run past them it's the way that their faces are animated it's just disgusting it, they've put so much detail into them actually really wanting to to catch you it just makes you feel so on edge you think oh that's just that's horrible why would you animate it like that i mean obviously it's for effect and to to its credit it really nails it Uh, just as soon as i saw these people's faces and the way that they were animated and the way that they looked at me as a character it just made me feel really disgusting and just like in true danger and it was incredible, and the art style really plays into that. The kind of the, the real morbid, dark art style really plays into the animations of these characters' faces, and just the the way that. So the, it's another part of the story where I'm not entirely sure what it's trying to tell me because it seems to be a kind of, at least to me, a kind of a commentary on how gluttonous Western civilization is. But again, that's just me reading it it somebody else could come up with something completely different and i wouldn't have it does seem yeah and i wouldn't it does seem like that's what it's about it's about greed and and yeah Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, so if anybody else was to say something different, I couldn't offer a decent enough argument to say, you know, to oppose theirs, really. So it's definitely down to interpretation, everything right down to the ending and what happens at the end and what happens after that. It's it's very much down to just how you feel about the game, what it made you feel, what it made you think. Um, But yeah, like I said, for a game that offers no dialogue and no sort of flavour text aside from just the actual environments that you are in, it's incredible and i i enjoyed it from the very start to the very finish it was not one the only bit that frustrated me was that one bit that i was stuck on but that was just like i said it was me so i cannot hold that against it at all it was an incredible game and i'm perfectly happy with saying that right now it's going to take some beating to actually be nice you know so like my game of the year because it's it's incredible i'm glad that i kept my eye on it i'm glad that I waited, um, and I'm just I'm so glad and so happy that it actually came out because from the very second that I saw that art style, I thought I want to play this game now, and it's just completely amazing. It, it's not too expensive either, so if you get a chance, I mean, it it might come up on PS Plus in the future, or it might it would probably be in sort of certain flash sales in the future. So I say it's definitely worth your time. Just you can finish it in an evening. It took me about two and a half three hours maybe so you could definitely do it in an evening um and that's like the ideal game length for me at this point mm, yeah definitely <laughs> and it, it was nice to actually you know i'm swamped in open world games and you know I'd, i haven't mm-hmm. touched horizon zero dawn in well since basically the week after it came out just because i've got open world fatigue at the moment i'm just looking for other things like either smaller games or games that i wouldn't normally play um he says that after he just bought Prey, which is exactly the kind of thing that I'm kind of slightly bored of. Um, but, yeah, but so three hours yeah, and a, a con- absolutely compelling and stellar art style just made for such an incredible game. And, yeah, just play it. It is absolutely fantastic. <sighs> I could gush about that game for hours. I really could. Yeah, th- I, yeah. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty convinced I'm, that I'm going to pick this game up. Yeah. sometime soon. Yeah, you really should. I really, you'll love the art of it. It's just it's incredible. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, and the, I wonder if it's too dark to appear on PlayStation Plus because it is quite a disturbing. It is quite a disturbing game, thing. but I mean, PlayStation Plus is a very unpredictable kind of thing because sometimes you get really good games, sometimes you get sort of piss poor games. So you never know it could actually sort of turn up on ps plus at some point um i doubt it but you never know stranger things have happened you know um yep one one thing i forgot to mention as well is the the music in the game is there's not that much of it but when it does kick in it's got a very kind of unique style to it that is it's almost kind of it feels almost sort of bombastic um but it's just it's the way that it's implemented within the situation that you're in um and it helps just kind of ramp up the tension in a way that i've never experienced before because normally when like again without last when you're in a tense situation you know it's very sort of just loud and in your face whereas this is kind of i don't know it offers just it's more percussion based i found and it's kind of got more of a drive to it than just uh, everything is happening now sort of thing. So 
the soundtrack definitely plays into what's going on on screen and um yeah just play it if you get the chance cool. yeah definitely um well i think both of you guys have got mario kart on your list so i don't know if you wanted to to kind of team up on that one and cover that yeah yeah we can do that yeah you kick us kick us off there uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart at work. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we 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 basically play it every day at lunch, uh, which has been super fun. Um, except that uh, because I am a Mario Kart veteran and I'm super good, uh, Jenny refuses to play the racing with me because I always beat her. <laughs> and so we have to play the battle mode, which is fine. The battle mode is still fun, but she will play the battle mode with me because she can beat me at that, and she can't beat me at the racing. <laughs> Um, but we've been playing a lot of the uh, the Renegade Roundup, which is like Cops and Robbers, and that is uh, very fun. I don't know if you've played that at all, Vader. No, I haven't, actually. That um, it's like, so so basically what it is is like uh, it goes back and forth. So like uh, one round you play as the cops, next round you play as the robbers. And so as the cops, you uh, you just have a piranha plant on the front of your uh, car at all times. <laughs> and you just drive around, <laughs> so and whenever you fun. get close to uh, somebody on the opposite team, you just eat them and put them in a cage. And then oh, when, you're the, when, when, when you're the the renegades, you are running away from the cops, obviously. And when the when your uh, teammates are in cages, there's like a it's like a floating cage, and there's a button underneath it, so you can drive over the button to unlock the cage and mm. let the people in the cage out. Mm. Well, and it is fun. It, it is super fun, and it's especially fun like uh, like with other people. Like I I couldn't see myself playing battle mode by myself, but nah. with with friends, it's it's great. Mm. What I've enjoyed with the battle mode is uh, playing some of the, the Super Mario Kart Super Nintendo levels in a mm-hmm. more 3D setting. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the, fun. Uh, and the, the Super Nintendo of the, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, at the reimagining of it slightly, um, it's pretty cool. Um, and well, that said, a lot of the re- a lot of the levels that they've done, they've kind of reimagined a little bit or tweaked slightly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I recognise this, but there was no upside down section last time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, which is cool. I like that they did that. They kind of brought in the old levels, but tweaked them to kind of have that uh, magnetic wheel feature that's yeah. in this game. Um, which is, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I've been playing... Uh, I just... I don't know why. I kind of felt guilty after one. I was like, I've got Mario Kart for the, the Wii. It's probably not <laughs> that much different. And it really isn't. It's just slightly better graphics and... I- this, this game levels. looks so good, though. Like it does look really it good. It does look really good. So I felt kind of guilty. Like I'm buying a whole game when I could have just, which because I don't play the Wii version anymore. Yeah. But it's been fun just to have it handheld and play just in bed, or you know, just, I mean, slowly going through and getting gold three stars on all the different uh, Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then playing, yeah, me and Odin, we we team up and we we don't battle against each other. We kind of. Yeah, team up and go against the computer. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. To, to be clear, we we still we we do team up on the battle mode, but she gets more kills or captures than me, and that counts as winning. Hmm. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, which is fun. Uh, sometimes it's really hard. Like it's just bad luck. Sometimes you just yeah, you'll be like you'll be killing it. You got seven like seven hits, and you're like like thirty seconds to go. And you got three balloons left, and then you just lose all three within like ten seconds. It's yep. like, come on! <laughs> and, then, and then you lose all your points, and then your team loses. Yep, that's that's more so for you. Yeah, <laughs> there's, that, there's that like for, classic GIF of uh, of like Daisy yeah, yeah. coming in for the win, and just like getting ruined by like a million shells. 
<laughs> yep, that's happened to me a few times in the last couple of weeks. Like three or like three red shells in a row. No, it starts with a blue shell, then like a few red shells, and then a green shell. And you're like, come on, how big is like a lightning me? bolt? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's all fair in love and Mario Kart. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to play. Um, uh, yeah, it'd be fun yeah, to be actually do some videos with it without yeah. actually having to go through all the copyright uh, hoops to jump through. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, I don't well. know. If there's necessarily a whole lot to say about Mario Kart. I think yeah, everybody kind of knows what that game is. What. Well, what's cool, I didn't realize this, but the, the Inklings, the Squid Kids, mm-hmm. yeah. they weren't in the, origi- in the original release, were they? No. Yeah, they, they only yeah. came in the re-release. Which I don't know, but a friend of mine, a guest who uh, guested on the show a few episodes ago, maybe mm-hmm. 10, uh, he, yeah, he kind of tweeted about it, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize they weren't you, because they do. Yeah. I mean, he's tweeted saying that they fit in perfectly, and that's all he races with now. And they do. Yeah, uh, who is the, your main the world. Vader? Uh, I've been sticking with Link recently. Oh, okay. So you have a, I think I've, 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 I've always cause... I've always got to use the light character, so Lemmy has been my main since uh, Mario Kart nice. 8, the Yoshi. original. Traditionally, Yoshi has always been my, okay. my main. So have, uh, uh, traditionally, for me, it's always been like Koopa, Koopa Troopa, or uh, Toad. Yeah, I've always and then just when had they an added, when they added the Koopalings in Mario Kart 8, I started playing as Lemmy because he has a cool rainbow mohawk. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's funny the reasonings because it seemed like on the Wii version the size made a bigger difference whereas I haven't really noticed the size or weight I don't know I haven't really delved into it yeah I don't I, I, I used to be so uh, Double Dash was my game um, that's yep. like my number one Mario Kart uh, still is I still love that game but I was I was real deep on that game. Like we we got real serious about Mario Kart Double Dash. <laughs> um, so I knew I knew like all the the balancing mixing. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew all the balancing stuff uh, for the for the different weight classes in that game. I don't know them all as well in the new games. Uh, but yeah. like so, and I think it's it seems like it's more or less the same where the lighter characters have higher acceleration but lower top speed, hmm. and the heavier characters yeah. have slower acceleration and higher top speed. On the Wii. Mario Kart. It seemed like yeah, the if the heavier guys would always win out in colliding with each other. Like yeah. if you were smaller, yep. and whereas this, I've it doesn't seem to be. It seems like you can knock out a big guy out if you're going faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as I said, um, but yeah, there's there's more to it because you got the gliders that change your speed, and I just like using the flower. I think it's cute, <laughs> you know, a little flower as my glider. Um, but and some of the, the cars have been pretty cool so I think I mentioned this before all the tracks and Tordum and Grand Prix are unlocked from yes. the start which is really yep. cool I really like that that you're not trying to grind but what they have done is you've got a good amount of vehicles wheels and gliders but you unlock them as you go so I think that was yeah. a nice kind of hybrid of unlockables and because it's fun to see what you get so it's good yeah, to have absolutely. the unlockables and there's some cool stuff like I just unlocked like a an inkling inkjet rocket thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty much just sitting on a giant ink canister that squirts ink out as yeah, the way I, uh, it propels itself. I actually, I, I used that for a couple of races and then um, I had to stop because it changes your boost color from uh, red to, to like purple. And it was confusing me too it? much <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, because you know how you can get the, the purple sparks now hmm. uh, when you're drifting. Uh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, so seeing uh, the purple, yes. I was like, oh, I've gotten purple. I've got purple sparks, and the, that wasn't actually the case. Uh, I see it. I get you. So, so I've, had, um, I've had to switch back to using the ATV, which is what I've used for a long time. Yeah, I've had fun just flicking through them. Um, motorbikes, I missed the wheel, doing better do wheelies from the Wii version. Yeah. I used to love doing the wheelies, the wheelies on the... I mean, it's getting tongue-twisted wheezes and wheelies. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the straights, uh, I used to love doing those because they'd get you a speed boost doing a wheelie. So I missed yeah. those. But um, the motorbikes feel a lot different, um, especially with Link dragging his sword along the ground. It looks very cool. Yeah, which is which um, is super cool looking. Yeah, uh, and I, I got the the best cart I got so far. I thought it was the mo- the funniest was uh, you know like merry go rounds had the little ho- like the horses. I have this one too. <laughs> it's 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 a merry go round, yep. but it's like a it's. Um, not just a single horse that's going up and down. It's, it's got two, two horses, a carriage. So you're riding in a carriage, and there's like a mechanical horses going up and down as you drive. It's hilarious. And it's, it's called like the Prancer or something like that, which is also great. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a good name. Yeah. And then from that, I unlocked the Master Horse. I think that's what it's called. Something like that. Oh, is that, but, a, um, is that a Link It's a motorbike. Version? Yeah, it's a Link one, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, me- a mechanical motorbike horse okay. with the Master Shield strapped to the side. It looks pretty cool. It's like, yeah, it's pretty slick. Um, but yeah, I've just been enjoying unlocking these random things and yeah. the random combinations of wheels. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's a good party game, as you say, to have people when you've got people around. Uh, it's great to have the Joy-Cons, you know, play two-player, wherever you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on that note, I um I finally picked up a Pro Controller, and that controller is oh, super yeah. nice in the hands. Oh, cool. I don't know if you've, good I don't know. Know if you've used one yet or if you no. have one. No. No, I've been just enjoying the Joy-Cons. Uh, it I feels play, great, let me tell you. Yes. When I play Breath of the Wild, I'm, I'm sitting like, just like the dude did on the demonstration on stage. <laughs> I lay back, arms out, yep. <laughs> stretch it out. <laughs> 100% in cozy boy um, mode. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. That's for sure. But yeah, no, it's good. Um, that, I guess that's Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Unless you got some questions, Josh. Uh, not really. I mean, I've not really into Mario Kart myself. So <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I think Mario Kart is pretty self-explanatory, anyway. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've heard <laughs> pretty much positively, um, yeah, universally positive. I mean, uh, sort of views on it from everybody I know who's played it. So it's just, it's just not for me, really. I'm kind of more yeah. of a. Yeah, I'm one of those. It's like I'm either Ridge Racer or Need for Speed, really. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just I'm one of those. Um, Fair is, enough. Are there any other games you've played? Well, I uh, think that's gonna Brian hit for me. wants to yeah. take a dig at me about Prey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I tell Josh, you have this on your list. I do. Um, I do indeed. So <laughs> last week, Vader, you guys talked about Prey. Yes, I did. Um, and you talked about I how it was, it was uh, you, you in fact titled the episode of the podcast mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bioshock plus space equals prey mm-hmm. yep. um, so are you aware that there is a video game called System Shock mm-hmm. that is literally yeah. a precursor Bioshock. to Bioshock mm-hmm. but in space mm-hmm. yes I've heard people saying that as well since so <laughs> I, I was, that, I was though, literally so. yelling at my podcast. <laughs> yes. was I'm glad I got a reaction. Um, and I've heard of System Shock, but I've never played it, so I didn't have that as a reference. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's all. I just I just want to give you some crap about it. 
<laughs> is it good? No, I'm glad you have. have. Um, is it the same premise? Uh, yeah, more people, or less. Overlords <laughs> have taken is, over. Yeah, it is a, yeah, it pretty is much. a space station. An abandoned space station with uh, some creepy stuff going on. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I haven't got too deep into it. Um, I'm probably going to... Sorry, go on. Is it creepy stuff? The system shock. Is it creepy stuff just happening? Or is it actually these people, capitalists, people taking over and doing crazy experiments that have led to the craziness? Uh, well, it's uh, it's more more of an AI thing in system shock. Like a malevolent, see, malevolent AI. I'm just, I'm still right then, based on my, <laughs> my 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 all I've played in the demo. It's still bio, more Bioshock then, because there's obviously a corporation or people who are behind this. So I'm all right. <laughs> Bi- Bioshock was literally named Bioshock because of System Shock Theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and so System Shock Two, um, Ken Levine worked on that, so obviously he went mm-hmm. went on to work on Bioshock. So yeah, and yeah. Uh, Prey was made by uh, Arcane Studios, yep. which is. 100% like the new looking glass studios. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there's there there's a pretty direct, direct lineage here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you can really feel that when you play. Um so like I said I haven't got too deep into it. I'm probably going to have to start it again just because even on normal, the game's fucking hard, man. It's really hard. Yeah, the the, the melee combat's terrible and you the first like 45 minutes mm. is just you've got a wrench. Yeah. The, the combat in general is not very good, I must say. I haven't really been impressed by the combat. Um, but then the combat in Bioshock isn't the best. And I, until the later game in Bioshock, I was, I'm was i generally just Electroshock and Wrench kind of guy. So I'm very, very basic in Bioshock. Um, so, I mean, the fact that you have a wrench in this speaks a lot to the fact that it is just... It's kind of like a Bioshock sort of thing. But... Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, Bioshock stuff out quite smooth though and you just seem like you could just shoot the dudes whereas this because they're moving around like crazy these little mimics it's just it's really hard to shoot yeah mm-hmm. yeah they are and I find that you kind of especially the, the real small ones just like the regular ones that you see to be quite common um, you kind of to hit them better you kind of have to crouch so that you're more on their level which is fine I understand that you know in terms of reality you would probably have to do that because they're just you know they're small enemies but it just kind of when you've got a three or four of them coming towards you at once and you have to crouch and then just batter them with your wrench i mean i've only got so far as to get the wrench and the glue gun oh and i've got a, like a silenced pistol as well i think um but the combat doesn't really i mean i'm only a couple of hours in so the combat might actually have a bit of depth to it that I just haven't got to yet. So I'll have to sort of come back to that one. But from what I've played so far, combat sucks. Um, it doesn't... Yeah, Cliff blamed it on some acceler thingy with the analog stick. I don't know what it meant. He explained it, but it yeah, was... Yeah, I've heard that, I've heard that that's only on the <laughs> PS4 version, mm. like that the Xbox One version is fine, mm. which yeah. is pretty weird. That is a bit weird. That is really weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they might <laughs> patch it or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm sure they probably yeah, will. Yeah, I expect so. Um, yeah, but it, it's definitely got the Bioshock vibes in terms of, you know, you're in see, you're in a isolated environment. <laughs> well, it's it's natural. It's natural to actually sort of compare the two. You know, it means that everything that comes out that's relatively Dark Souls ish, you know, gets compared to it. So that's why we we all had to kind of put a stopper on it for Neo because you know it's like it's not like Dark Souls; it's a lot different. Um, 
but yeah so the, but in terms of like just being in an isolated environment um and you know you're all on your own and it just it really speaks to that and it does make me feel um tense sometimes but like i said i haven't got too far into it so and i'm just gonna have to start it again because it's so bloody difficult i'm just <laughs> i'm gonna have to start again on easy because i changed it down to easy because i thought i just I, I don't have the time to deal with this kind of difficulty because mm. the enemies just That's do so much damage and they're so difficult to hit that i just think i haven't got the time for this but by the time i dropped it down to easy i kind of stuffed myself in terms of health items because at the moment my current save i have no healing items and my health is very low so i'm just going to start again take the you know like the resource management as i go along and yeah just kind of have to accept the fact that it's kind of disappointing that i have to play on easy but it's a story that i want to see so and i don't yeah it's like with um when i played i can't remember what it was but it was some game i played last year where i just i put it on easy straight away because i don't want a challenge here i just want to be told a story so and then i can go back later on and replay it on a harder difficulty to get the challenge but there are some games where i just want to be told a story i just want to not have too great a challenge so i can just freely explore the environment and this is definitely one of those games where i could just see myself it's like i did with bioshock is that i i just covered every single inch of every single sort of part of the map that i was in um to the point now where i played bioshock so many times i don't need the navigational arrow on anymore i know exactly where i'm going at all times so i kind <laughs> of wanted to be like that you know where i just i know that station like it's the back of my hand um but from what I've played, apart from the combat, really enjoying the story. I do find it odd that you kind of... It's kind of like you have a silent protagonist, but then you... Obviously, I should be so careful of spoilers. But then you, <laughs> you watch something that involves your character, but your character is then talking. But you yourself, playing as the character, don't talk so it's just uh, that's oh, yeah, i've seen that but yeah, yeah yeah that's just it's really weird to me how you seem to be silent but then there is a situation where you're not silent but you seem to be universally silent anyway so it's kind of i'm not really too sure how i feel about that um but there you go whatever is what it is um it- because you can play as a boy and a girl mm. it might have been that to reduce the amount of dialogue because they're paying two people <laughs> i don't know um, true but i will yeah I, ho- I hope you get into it i hope you do find your your feet with it um i enjoyed it but i played the demo and i talked about it on the podcast so i have less incentive to buy it now because <laughs> mm. <laughs> i need to move on to the next new thing yeah, yeah that's true it's a vicious cycle but i mean it's a vicious cycle. i intend to sort of try and properly connect with it so i guess just watch this space and hopefully i can sort of report back in a couple of weeks cool I hope you do. Yeah, so do I. Right then. All right, times are ticking. Should we move on to some questions? Yes, yes, yes. We should indeed. Um, so I didn't mention this earlier. This is my fiftieth Dark Insight episode. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, man. So Congrats. You're the, you're the clear reject. leader, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Since you didn't start the podcast. <laughs> well, 
Cliff did start it, but I was on episode two, so yeah. it's, I didn't, I mean, he didn't have much of a head start. And he's had a baby. Well, his, um, <laughs> well, his, his wife, wife did. did. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't have yeah. a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, although he may, yeah, unless it's an alien baby, with a face hugger <laughs> popping out of him. Uh, maybe that's why he's so grumpy because he's got a face hugger. <laughs> <laughs> that would certainly do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we th- I thought it'd be fun to just kind of get some questions directed at me because it's all about me. Yep. And I also thought of a podcast title. Um, we should call the podcast title "System Shock in Space." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but surely it should be "System Shock in the Ocean." Yeah. Yeah. Because then that's yeah, kind not, of we don't talk about Bioshock. Yeah, but it's just it's the play of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll think about. Uh, okay, from Mr. from Mr. Turk. Um, we we just established it as Turk, isn't it? Not Turk. Uh, Turk. Anyway, I don't know. I've, I've, I've pronounced it both Turk. ways. Yeah, I think probably everybody else. <laughs> my, yeah, he says my imagination sucks, but I have one question: Why did you start building a fish pond? And then congrats on episode fifty. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm crazy. Is pretty much the answer. Um, I really like Japan, and I would like to live there, but can't really. So I am making my own Japanese garden to bring a little bit of Japan to me. There you go. And so yeah. decided that it would be a good idea to dig a, dig a big fish pond. Yeah. And mm. it turned out there's lots of rock where I was putting it, so it <laughs> became harder. And then I've made it, and it looked small when I first started. Now I've dug the hole. I'm like, what am I have got myself into? I've got a big-ass <laughs> hole in my backyard. <laughs> uh, which I now need to fill in. Uh, so so is this, such uh, a question. I'm crazy. Is this going to be like a koi pond in the Japanese style? Uh, we can't do koi in New Zealand, and koi needs to be really big and apparently quite temperamental. So oh, okay. even if we could, I'd need like lots of fancy, expensive equipment. So I'm sticking with goldfish. Mm. Okay. Um, but yes, in the Japanese style, so it'll be uh, rocks. Um, I've got bamboo. I've got. I'm going to be getting a Japanese ume plum tree. I've got a quint, Japanese quince tree uh, bush. I've got uh, Japanese maple, got moss. Uh, I've got a little hill from uh, Japanese gardens. Tend to be quite um, uneven, so you'll have like the ponds and you'll have mounds and stuff. So kind of there yeah, are lots of elements to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so I've yeah, I've got about twenty square meters, so to work with. So about sixty odd square feet, I guess. Mm. I think is what it would be. Um, and yeah, the pond is what I'm working on first because it's kind of a feature. And so I've got the pond dug and I'm working, I'm going to be doing a natural bog filter. So I'll have a solar pump pumping the water through a natural bog filter, which is just little stones and aquatic plants to filter the water and keep it clean. And yeah, so that's my plan. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work. So <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I don't know if that answer the question. It's because I'm crazy is really the short answer. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, do you guys want to read some of these? You want to switch off? Yeah, sure. Um, Brian, do you want to take the next one? Yeah, I can take the next one. Uh, this is from uh, at We Are Not Wizards, uh, a.k.a. Ooh, uh, Richard. Richard. Choice. Ooh, beef. <clears throat> Arch nemesis. <laughs> and his, uh, <laughs> his first question is, do you have any tips for people wanting to podcast that you've learned since starting? Um, I can, I actually, as someone who started a podcast this year, let me take this real quick, uh, learn how to use yep, audacity go. or some other audio editing software, because that is the biggest thing that you learn to do. Mm. 
when you start podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And my tip is to have a Jeremy and a Cliff to do all the work for you. <laughs> yeah, the, mine, mine's kind of similar to that. It's just don't be afraid to ask questions because if you, if you don't understand a particular program but you know someone who does, just the, if you feel like it's going to make you come across as being an idiot asking a question, just do it. Do it anyway yeah. because you just some of these things can be a bit complicated. In terms of Jeremy taught me all the editing stuff so and he did actually to his credit put in a lot of time with that and i did ask him a fair amount of questions so just make sure you've got your head around the stuff before you really get stuck into it because otherwise you just you're going to fall flat before you even manage to release anything um but i mean so that's coming from a guy who recently joined this show so you know i've got very little experience i'm just building it with every episode i'm on yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. uh, actually uh, coming off of you saying that Jeremy taught you a lot is reach out to people that you know who make podcasts mm. or who, whose podcasts you admire because that's kind of what I did is like uh, Jeremy and Gary Butterfield helped me out mm. a lot with learning how to use, how to do the audio editing and stuff. Yeah. And that was really, really nice and helpful and I, I very much appreciate that mm. and am perfectly willing to pay it forward if anyone needs any help. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, so the, uh, the second out. question that Richard gives is, uh, are the time zones a pain in the butt for you? And for me, it is not because I just get off of work and come record a podcast with you guys. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm the one that shifts the time. Like yeah. every mm. summer it's at nine 30 in the morning for me and winter at seven 30 in the morning for me is our yeah. set time. Mm. The, the biggest problem is guests usually yeah. mm-hmm. um, because uh, a lot of our listeners and guest people maybe from america and it means it's friday afternoon for them mm. yeah which makes it hard for i imagine a lot of people like in america the time that yep. this podcast is recorded it's probably a little harder for most people that work to get on it mm. but i get out of yep. work at two thirty in the afternoon so it's mm. perfect for me mm. yep. spot on um and i have recorded personally from three different time zones so we make them work <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, do you want to take this next one? Um, yeah, so his third question is, would you like to see a Demon Souls expansion for the new Dark Souls game, board game rather, or have they made the right decision for getting about it? I, Richard, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I like this like, slight passive-aggressive dig at Demon Souls in this question. He's such a... <sighs> I don't even know what that man is anymore. It's like he knew I was going to be on this podcast or something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we all need those. All of us, uh, well, except Josh doesn't know yet because he hasn't played it. But we mm. all demon Demon Souls fans. Mm. Um, I responded by, to this by saying, "I don't know if all tenancy would uh, work in a board game setting." <laughs> and then I got the best response from Cliff. He's like, "Just turn the lights on and off when tenancy changes." <laughs> <laughs> yep, perfect. <laughs> and, and how cool would that be if that was actually written into the the, the board game rules? <laughs> like, Unscrew one light bulb the dark. for each level yeah. of pure black world tenancy. It <laughs> <laughs> would be so good. Oh dear. Um, I'll take the next one as well. Because um, he also said he's always a good one for providing questions. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, he is. He said, What Dark Souls character would everyone be on the show? I've actually been oh, thinking about this yeah. the whole time. Yeah, I've had that, to think uh, about it as well. That, that we've been doing this uh, doing this episode because I saw this question early on. Uh, and I have an answer, and I think that you guys will agree that it's the correct answer. Yeah. For me. Go okay. on. Uh, I am Patches. 
Yes, yes, <laughs> spot on. Yeah, doesn't get any more yep. perfect than that. Yeah, completely agree with that. I can agree. Yeah. <laughs> you sly devil, yeah. you. Yep. I, 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 I've only thought about me, which I think is fitting oh, with the magic style. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you said I was hoping that you'd come up with it, because this is hard. Um, I rec- well, uh, I, I'm well, just Andre. Vader, you're I'm you're Andre. obviously Solaire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're super friendly, and you're always willing to help everybody. <laughs> See, I thought I'd be Andre, because nice Richard, uh, Richard already drew me as... Uh, the blacksmith mm-hmm. so but yeah I'll take Solia thank you yeah. Yeah. Hey, well uh, isn't Josh the blacksmith because he has a rocking beard true well that would work it's true too. I was also <laughs> thinking uh, King Vendrick because by the time you see him the way that he looks is how I feel most of the time so <laughs> 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 so yeah that's just the one I've been thinking uh, about <laughs> that, that's those both good answers uh, so yeah Richard you have to draw me now as um, Solia because yep. apparently my Dark Souls character's changed. <laughs> well, I do like my picks in the picture you did draw. <laughs> I mean, it's my it's my Facebook uh, Facebook profile. Um, so what about we got to come up with funny ones for, for Jeremy? Jeremy and Cliff. See, we know Jeremy loves Soli and he's got a little statue of him. So I was thinking him, but really I, he's not I also have a solar statue though. Like yeah, he's not the only one with a solar statue. Well, I know that. <laughs> but he seems to go on about it a lot. <laughs> um, I was, but he's not really about the Jolly Corporation. He's more into the, I'm going to piss you off as much yeah, as possible and make funny uh, videos about it. <laughs> so so Jer- Jeremy is Knight Kirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he definitely yeah. wears armor of thorns and rolls around and, yes. and is an asshole to everybody. <laughs> yep, I can take that. Yep. I agree. Okay, and... Cliff, we need a good one for Cliff. Oh gosh, who is Cliff? We need someone who's really angry. <laughs> Cliff uh, is the flame lurker. Cliff is the flame lurker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spot on. Is there any is there any salty bosses? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Who's the, who's the saltiest boss? It could uh, be Mikolash. Um, it could be Mikolash. True. <laughs> Mikolash uh, gets pretty else? salty. It can be uh, Chester. Yeah, sure. Mm. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny with a it's funny laugh, laughing at people all the time. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of. I can't think of uh, Cliff. I, can't I, know, I think we nailed it. Chester's. I think Chester is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Chester. I do. Uh, there you go. That's our Dark Souls characters. Yeah. And we also got a question from. Old man Dark Souls, the <laughs> aforementioned Mr. Stephen Veyu, who said, "This is definitely directed to you, Vader." I would like to yeah. know how many hobbits you know personally. <laughs> I would also like to know this. Yes, please. So would I. We actually know too many hobbits. They've all been hiding off in the Shire. If you can um, narrow it down to the nearest visited. ten, I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a friend of mine actually works at uh, Hobbiton, um, but he's not quite a hobbit, but maybe he's been drinking int juice or int water too much and he's just growing. Because <laughs> um, many of you probably do know is that there is actually a Hobbiton uh, mm-hmm. that uh, from the first the first movies, the trilogy, Lord of the Rings, they built it, but then they mostly took it all down. But with the Hobbit, they rebuilt it and have built it with more long-lasting materials. Because hmm. the first time it was built as like a movie set, a temporary. Whereas now they built it actually legit with proper wood and stuff. Um, and they've kept it, and you can go visit it. 
you know, I've never been, but my friend works there. Um, and it looks amazing and pretty and wonderful. Uh, Sony Lord of the Rings fans should make that a, a bucket list goal. Um, she's one. My sister was a motion capture. She did motion capture work on Lord of the Rings and she mostly did orc work. But she did because they didn't want to pay the actors lots of money. I think her running motion was used for a bunch of the hobbits when it was motion caption for the Balrog fleeing scene in the first movie. So my sister is technically a couple of hobbits in <laughs> uh, CG. So that's that's some. Um, is that a good enough answer? Yeah, that counts. Yeah, that'd do. Okay. That'd do. Good, good, good. good. <laughs> Oh, and I did meet I did meet Marion Pippin, um, oh, okay. and also uh, the size double. Uh, it's a little Indian chap, I believe. I can't remember his name. He was the size double for a bunch of for Frodo. Um, he is a short person. Um, yeah, uh, he was really nice as well. But yeah, so there you go. Those my hobbits. Cracking. I do. And then I asked the question, what pe- people are excited about? Because it's good to know, get the hype going. Yeah. And we've got, we got a, 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 fun, a few fun chains of comments, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take the first one. Yeah. Alison. Uh, Alison by proxy. Uh, she said, Super Mario Odyssey is the only upcoming game worth looking forward to. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm. Yeah. I'm keen looks, to play more Mario. Mm. I did actually... Um, <clears throat> I did see that Nintendo has like Nintendo detailed their E3 plans and part of that is that like they're focusing on Super Mario Odyssey and it will be playable at E3. So hmm. oh, we'll get some cool. we'll get some good info of it about it coming out of the show I, ma- I imagine. All right. Oh, fresh shot. Nice. So yeah, and then uh, uh, uh Sean says uh the lore hunter uh says uh finding out what FromSoft is working on. Yes. And then, yeah. and then yeah. Josh, you replied to yeah. that. Yeah, I replied to that saying, is that a question or an assignment? <laughs> <laughs> and he simply replies, yes. <laughs> it's what I'm looking forward to, but I'm happy to encourage you sneaking off to Japan and finding out. <laughs> yeah, so I said, if I could afford it, there's no way I'd be um, in the UK right now. Um, but I'm happy to go on a research trip. I mean, I'd love to live in Japan personally, but... But uh, I'm happy to yeah, go think, over there for research purposes if needs be. Yeah, we should start a GoFundMe. Send, send Dark Insight to, to Japan to do research. Yeah, have, have Dark Insight Con at, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and we can dress as ninjas and sneak into From Software and try and find out. <laughs> Don't know if you want to take the next one, Vader. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ali Seek, um, another Sleek. man with a great beard. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This year, uh, this year was very front-loaded. After Persona Five released, there's nothing I'm looking forward to. Let me tell you about a little game called Splatoon Two, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's a Nintendo guy, but yeah, but, but it, he's he's not completely wrong though. Like, no, he's not. I would agree. I can't think of what else, except for the few Nintendo games. I can't actually think about what's coming this year that I'm that excited for. Um. No, not really. I mean, so the, I've pretty much got every game I've been after so far. Um, there's only a couple of little ones, like the re-release of um, 
Crash Bandicoot trilogy and the Uncharted 4 DLC, which comes with the Jack and Daxter remastered, which I'm really looking forward to because I will buy Jack and Daxter on anything for anything. <laughs> I don't I don't care. I will buy a machine specifically to buy those games on if I have to. Um, so other than that, I can't really think of that much. But I mean, so we'll probably get info at E3, I expect. Yeah, so, I imagine yeah. that people have more things to look forward to oh, coming yeah. out of E3. Yeah, and there are definitely more mm-hmm. games out there. I just can't think of them right now. Yeah, I'm so. saying. This year, as you say, so front loaded, which is hard to. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're drowning in games at the moment. Mm. We certainly are. I'll take the next one. Um, is from the lesser spotted host of this podcast. Well, <laughs> one of them anyway, one of the lesser spotted ones. So some guy, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, Jeremy Greer, who is he? Uh, I, I heard he's the worst. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've heard about him, really. <laughs> I've never spoken to the guy, but you know. <laughs> um, but he said, I'm looking forward to A, having time to be on the show again, and B, finding out what the heck From is doing over there. Well, E3 might uh, might shed some light on that one. But I'm well, listen. really hoping, I'm really hoping they just announce something and it's out within a few months because that would be the best Mm -hmm. yep i'm i I think again i talked about this last time i was on the on the podcast but i love how video game companies are announcing and releasing games within like six months of each other now Mm -hmm. it's so much better than dealing with like the year and a half hype cycle yeah yes it is and from from software have been pretty good at that historically Mm. yeah um it's yeah announce release yeah yeah, pretty good. Um, I do. I do want to say that. Uh, well, while I do hope that Jeremy has some time to be on the show again soon, um, I do also expect him to have his house looking spotless by the time I get down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we could do a podcast with both you in the same room. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Well, we're. Um, I don't. I don't want to give away too much, but we're definitely planning on recording a podcast, an episode of my podcast, oh, while I'm down there. That'd nice. be good fun. So yeah, I look hopefully, forward. Hopefully, we can do an episode of this too. Yeah, I look forward to that. Mm. Yeah, that's gonna be good. Yeah. Okay. So I'll take the next one. Yep. Uh, from Stephen Veyu, uh says the rumors of Bloodborne two have me curious, and the possibility of more Death Stranding footage is always fun. Oh yes. Uh, agreed. Yeah. yeah. I I want a Bloodborne two on some level, but I also kind of don't. If that makes sense. Mm. Like that game is so yes. perfect, like as it is. Like it doesn't. I don't think there needs to be more Bloodborne. Mm. But you know, yeah, I was I was wrong about Dark Souls. Dark Souls Two was great. It was, yeah, it really was. So as long as as long as as long as they don't Dark Souls Three Bloodborne Two, mm. then we'll be good. <clears throat> yeah, and then um, friend of the show got back to him, um, bashful Trey, and saying, um, "I mean, let's just do a crossover. Death Stranding is such a Lovecraft game; it isn't even funny. Time disruption, weird visions <laughs> with babies, whale stranding." <laughs> Totally equals alien stranding on Earth and calling to his alien friends for help. Probably about Lovecraftian kaiju or something. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, g- I saw it's a great reply. Yeah, strange, stranger <laughs> things have happened from Kojima. So just, I don't know what goes on inside that man's head, but whatever it is, I'm fully on board. So. <laughs> Um, that is all the responses we had. So thank you everybody for yes. for getting in touch. That was that was good fun. It's always good to. To just get responses from the community we've got an absolutely stellar community so thank you very much for for getting in contact with us and for making vader's 50th episode quite the memorable one 
so it's been uh been good fun so with that we shall um wrap things up so i want to say thank you to brian for coming on where can people find you and uh what do you do on the internet apart from owning magic cards and having this <laughs> ongoing feud with richard and Get, everything trolled by richard yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so you can find me on twitter at oh my my headset got unplugged for a second there sorry about that uh you can find me on twitter at wade brian r uh, and you can find my podcast, Expanded Universe, uh, which is a Star Wars Legends book club podcast, mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter at LukeCast. That's Luke with eight U's. <laughs> or you can just go to the website, which is expandeduniverse.online, and you can find everything there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's another one that comes dark insight recommended that. It's got a shit of approval. Yeah, it's it's super fun. Yeah, totally. Yes. I've been really enjoying doing it. Mm. Yeah, it's good to listen to. I really enjoy it. So, yeah, well... In that case, then, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, so if this is your first time listening and you really like what we do, you really like the kind of conversation that we have on here, we try to keep things sort of light and bouncy and fun on this show, and it's it's good to, to have guests like Brian be able to come on and actually, you know, because he's obviously he's quite a regular, <laughs> to say the least, uh, regular sort of guest now, so it's good to be able to sort of pick people from the community who, who want to come on the show and just... I don't know, it just it just feels good to be able to sort of talk about this sort of stuff. So, you know, if you like what we do and you like listening to it and you like the kind of conversations we have, you know, feel free to, you know, f- find us on all the I think we're on all the podcast apps out there and you know, if you can sort of subscribe and give us, you know, a rate and a review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And you can um go to the website darkinside.net and find all the shows on there and that lists all of us as hosts and all our social media stuff and everybody who's guested on the show you'll be able to sort of find all their links on there and you know and you can um find us on twitter at uh, dark inside pod um yeah um i think that's about it so the vader where can people find you on the internet uh com. keep it simple yep Make a yeah, definitely. And you can find me on Twitter at Morbid Beard. Now I've got my phone back, I can actually probably respond to you and be better connected with you all. So I can finally get back on that train. Um, so yeah, I will hopefully speak to you all in two weeks, um, and we'll see you next week with another episode. So I'll just say, see you later. Bye bye. Goodbye.